quiver, verb, tremble or shake with slight rapid motion. Noun, a slight trembling movement or sound, especially caused by fear. Noun, obsolete, a group of cobras. That, that is how the episode quiver starts with a black screen with that definition. And from then on, it only goes up from there. It's such a perfect encapsulation of the show. I mean, it's so well thought out of. Um, So the IMDb synopsis is Johnny's dojo class attracts a group of misfits while his son Robbie, who harbors ulterior motives, lands a new job. Samantha makes a new friend in science class, and Daniel inspires interest in karate from an unlikely person. Oh my wow. god. These synopses. They, Jeez. Uh, they work hard to hide the ball, I'll give them that. Um, there is no ball in the synopsis. There is no ball. <laughs> it's just that... Also, you know what? I, I find that... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Samantha does have a plot line in this episode, um, but I wouldn't describe it as she makes a new friend in science class. No. No, that is ridiculous sounding. Um, yeah. Samantha makes a new friend. Um, we'll get to her plot line, but... I Are we doing this in order of importance? Yeah, let's do it in order of importance. Okay. Okay, so I say we're starting with Johnny's story, right? And mm-hmm. we we finally get a proper Johnny flashback. We've had tons and tons of we had Miyagi flashbacks. We've had Daniel flashbacks. Now we get a Johnny flashback that's not just a flashback to him losing the tournament in 1984. Yeah. This is a... An even flashier, even further flashback yeah. uh, to Johnny is like a little twelve-year-old 12 year old biking around in Sino Hills, nice neighborhood. Uh, and as he's like, you know, darting around, he comes upon the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo, the original, run by I presume John Kreese. Yeah, we see the back of John Kreese, um, the menacing sensei that casts a shadow over his life. No spoilers. Um, but in that first initial moment, you see little Johnny's face light up. Watching yeah, he looks like his... he's in love. Yeah. And, I mean, now you made it sound creepy, but, you know, he uh, he's clearly got a sparkle inside him. Yeah. Um, that's not kind of creepy, too. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I gotta say, that's not the impression that I had when I walked into a karate class for the first time. I just remember dread. And, actually, my reaction was more like uh, Dimitri's, where... I think he has a line that says, God, it's just like an extra gym class. It's exactly how I felt. Once I realized that, oh, it's probably going to be like years before I become a black belt and I get to do the cool things. It's just probably going to be years of working out. Nina, I hate to say this, but you are, as Johnny would put it, a pussy. Oh my God. You know what? I'm probably... (laughs) So when we uh, flash back to the present, we see that Johnny has a whole bunch of students. He has like 70 students. He has 70 students because in the last episode... Um, Miguel kicking ass was actually a viral moment. Like, people recorded it with their phones, it went on the internet, everybody saw it, and now, like, all these kids want to take karate lessons, too. But, you know... Yeah, karate is suddenly trendy again. It's finally trendy again. But see, like, Johnny looks at his students, he calls them a bunch of nerds and and losers and pussies like Nina. He's straight up roasting Mm -hmm. all of the students. Nice shirt. Thanks. I'm joking, it sucks. Word of advice, if you got shit for teeth, don't smile. God makes me feel like a virgin just looking at you. I mean, let's face it, I would get a cool nickname. I don't know what it would be. 
given that you know Johnny is uh, what would the kids say not politically correct yeah not, not guessing, so politically correct I'm guessing we'd both get some interesting ones yeah some so, yeah probably some racial ones that's yes. okay it's cool um he's just trying to make us stronger kids but uh He's, he does say that, like, he thinks they're nerds and losers, but he's seen some miracles. So, you know, and he and Miguel share a nice, like, look there. Uh, Eli and Dimitri are... think he's also talking about Aisha? I think well? he's talking about Aisha, too. Like, How long has it been? She's, she's only been a student for, like, a week. I don't know, man, because she has a gi and everything, and she seems like... I mean, she knows what she's doing now. I'm not really sure about the past. Her Aisha's dad is rich, so who knows? Like, maybe they're just like, hey, you want a gi? You'll get a gi. You can go order this. You can Amazon Prime a gi. Nina. Aisha would earn her gi. She's not a pussy. Man. Like Nina. Um, so the point I don't is, like this steady transportation to Darth Latha. Like, man. Latha would start a, a dojo that's even edgier than Cobra Kai. Oh, my God. It would, it would be, be like, so edgy. It would be so metal. You have no idea. Oh, we call ourselves the Edge Lords. It would be awesome. Um, anyways, I look forward to that. Look forward to my spin. I'll be the Daniel, and I'll try to run you out of town. Ugh, you monster! Why would you do that? <laughs> um, so yeah, you among the students is are um, what's his Eli name? and Dimitri. Eli and Dimitri. And I want to say this is this is really special. This episode. This is the last time we can refer to Eli as Eli. Yes, or the initial nickname that Johnny gives him, which is Lip. Um, Johnny says you should flip the script, and so then that's what he does. And we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. I think it's worth um, talking about separately. But uh, another Cobra Kai lesson, he says, in the real world, you can expect people to act like they're supposed to. And I was like, he's the only one telling the truth about the nature of bullying. Right. And it runs throughout the show, right? You see Sam getting cyber bullied all over the place. And they, basically half the people that are in this class are because they're being bullied at school. And again, this is something that I think the show, what makes it so good is that it's not saying that like everything that Cobra Kai preaches is awesome, but you do get the sense that like what Johnny's saying is like awful but it's more honest than, like, say, like, you know, in an earlier episode, they had, like, somebody come into the school and talk about how bullying hurts people. And, like, you should tell a parent as soon yeah. as possible. And it's just, like, if you've ever been alive, you know that's not how that works. Like, yeah. telling your parents will probably make things worse for you. And I think that there's something, like, very honest about saying, like, even if people know they're not supposed to make fun of your deformity, they, they're going to. Yeah, and here's the thing. Miguel later uh, goes to Johnny and tries to get him to be a little softer and a little bit more respectful to the students. And then he says, you don't really, you can't really empathize because you were never really... You don't know what it's like to be us. Yeah. And then we have the second of the Johnny flashbacks, which is he's at this, uh, the dinner table with his mom and his stepfather. And his mom's clearly much younger than his stepfather. And you almost get the sense here, like, oh, his mom just totally married this douchebag for money, probably so that he could, like, grow up in this nice house. But, like, yeah, stepfather is an asshole. Like, he, like, very timidly asks if he can take karate lessons. And, you know, stepfather proceeds to tell him that he's a friendless loser who, you know, will probably never amount to anything and anyways you get to you you also get the sense that like little johnny didn't have any friends and was also bullied at school so he's not as unfamiliar with the misfit uh, concept as you might think and like i think what miguel 
says to Miguel is like so the, the voice of sanity. He cuts this perfect in between path where he's not all like you know if Daniel was all about like balance and, and pretending that you're not like then pretending there aren't problems and Johnny's all about like just get in there and like kick everyone's ass. Miguel's just very sane yeah. and is like. He doesn't have a problem with, like, how tough Johnny is, but, like, you know, there's yeah. a sense these are your students. I think this is the first Stop inkling also that we get of Johnny showing growth based on either Miguel's influence or, like, whatever he's experiencing at the moment. And he does, he's not open about changing, right? He's like, Cobra Kai is still about strength and you guys are still all losers, but he's willing to, like, move a little in the more sane direction, whereas what... Yeah. irritates me about Daniel is that he talks a good game and he tries to come off like he's very calm and reasonable and then you look at his actions and he's just he's he's unhinged yeah like especially <laughs> like you saw in the last episode with his like weird plan to like raise the Cobra Kai dojo's yeah. rent like uh, I, I mean that was that was it's hardly remarked upon really in this episode like I think Amanda his wife is just like oh that that was a weird, weird week <laughs> when you tried to like have this whole real estate plot that you didn't clue me into and you were trying to celebrate with vintage wine. Right, like as like you're basically like the evil guy with a monocle from like yeah. a cheesy melodrama. But uh so he's he's off of that and apparently his time spent visiting Miyagi's grave has also changed him so that he's like back into karate trying to not be like a not crazy be the person worst, anymore. Basically. Yeah. And I I know it sounds, and because it's true, that we're, like, very much Team Cobra Kai. But I do think that what's nice about Johnny is that, or Johnny's character, is that, like, yeah, like, he he does have a stance that, like, maybe some part of it is honest, and part, but the other part of it is horrible and ridiculous. Yeah. But he can be talked away from it, by Miguel mostly, who's just kind of like, come on, man, they're your students. You can't just, like unload vitriol on them yeah. and like so when he talks to them again he says that hey i was a loser too i was like you you gotta find strength though you gotta like the world is gonna be like set against you you gotta fight back you gotta flip the script right and you know conspicuously absent is eli aka lip aka hawk because when he walks in with a badass right. mohawk it's the only thing anyone can yeah, see. yeah and and johnny is super impressed with that and I think, also notably, Dimitri has quit because he's... Dimitri decides, like, after getting his butt kicked by Johnny, he's going to just use Miguel as muscle. Right. That's fine. And by the way, the cruel reign of Kyler is now over. He's, like, pretty Oh, scary. my God, yeah. Kyler has, like, a very brief uh, cameo in this episode. He's still sporting some bruises and is staying out of Miguel's way, as he should. And unfortunately for the only Kyler fans in the world who might be you and me... And, you know, whatever Asian American Association is in support of representation on television, you don't really see too much of Kyler after this. Yeah, he, I mean, he's really left a hole in the heart of this town. Right. Um, gone but not forgotten. Right. And, you know, Sam, and we don't see all the private grief that she's going through over this. I mean, well, I think it's safe to say she's... I think she's kind of over the Kyler yeah, thing. Um, should, should, we, should we talk about... Let's talk about Sam. Okay, yeah. God. Okay, we're we have much more to say about Daniel, but um and and others, but Sam. So Sam, I think, is again now a social outcast. Can I just say it's really stunning that Kyler's fall from uh, I guess Sam's unpopularity was related to Kyler 
bad-mouthing the well. Yeah. Right. But now Kyler is kind of unpopular. So shouldn't this kind of resuscitate Sandra? Well, what trumps all of that is that people in school have implied that she performs oral sex. And that's just enough in high school. Like, oh, my God. She may or may not have sucked uh, yet. Yeah, I mean, that'll get you a social media campaign. Of this. Right? So she gets. This is a rough high school, man. A lot of people are like making memes of her, like shoving hot dogs yeah, in her mouth. They give her bananas. I mean, how trite. It is. And I, uh, we, we've touched on the kind of toxic masculinity and, and all that in this, in this show. But I think I will say again, proving my case that Dimitri is a budding incel. He makes like a bunch of hooker jokes and he makes a kind of crass joke at Sam's expense about the blowjob that she theoretically gave Kyler. Mm -hmm. And it's not great. Like Miguel is like tries to get him to shut up. Right. And yeah, Dimitri's not one of those like super sympathetic losers. He's just kind of whiny and obnoxious in this episode. I don't know. I I I enjoyed seeing him get punched or like flipped to the ground by Johnny. You know, Dimitri is like... Dimitri's interesting, because I, I get what you're saying, he's totally a budding incel and all that, but, like, I, I do kind of like how he seems like a crotchety old man trapped he in a does, child's body. He does, yeah, he's a hundred. Um, I, 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 like, I, he, I like his rough edges that, like, cannot be smoothed by any sensei he's anywhere. He's so prickly, and yeah. a horrible student. He's, like, the last candidate to, to learn anything from anybody. Right, and... We'll see more of this in season two. Yeah. I, I think it pays dividends, actually, going yeah. down the line. But right now, he's off the karate train. Yeah. You're right. He's making, like, icky comments about Sam. And meanwhile, Sam's lab partner is absent. She's got no one to dissect a fetal pig with. And I know, and she does some very uh, interesting flirting over, over the fetal, fetal pig. pig because, uh, yeah. you know, when the teacher is like, does anybody want to take Sam on? Nobody does because she's now unpopular, except for Miguel, who's partnered with, Eli- uh, sorry, with Dimitri, but says, like, Sam can join our group. So they, you get, like, some cute, like, interaction between them. It's the first them. of what I think are many instances of karate flirting, mm-hmm. you know, kind you of know. in this episode and also throughout the show. Where, like, can I say, though, that, like, you know, um... Sam compliments Miguel on his karate moves, and he's like, oh, thanks, you know. And then she also offers some critique, which is fine, except she hasn't taken karate lessons since she was eight. Yeah. It's a little bit, like... Yeah. I'm, I, I think it's cool that, like, she still has, like, some... That she can still get into a karate stance if need be, but it seems odd that she would, like, suddenly be able to, like, be like, oh, well, obviously, you've telegraphed your sweep. Like... Yeah. And also, this, I guess, leads us back to Daniel, but... When when she's sitting there and can I just say she's always on her phone and she's always on her computer and basically every other message that she's getting is like an obnoxious meme bullying her. It's Sam, just get off the internet. She you also, know what? She Let's also Facebook stalks Miguel a little bit, which is she cute. does. Yeah. Um, so there's reasons for her to be on this computer, but like, frankly, her social life is not doing so hot. And, and so Daniel, who like getting a little into Daniel's plot line, he has built himself a dojo in, like, the east wing of his house, but now he has no one to play with. And, like, when he asks Sam to practice with her, him, he's kind of like, she's kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. Actually, you can see the hierarchy of affection here because he is desperate for a karate student. He asks Sam, his number one first. She turns him down. Then he goes to his wife, who, again, has a, you know, who probably has friends and a job and hobbies. 
on like Daniel. She's on the way to spin class. Yeah, man. she has shit to do, and she's like, no, no, thank you. And then at long last, as a distant third, is one Anthony Larusso oh. who's just sitting there playing games like a normal ten year old. Let's let's call it. This is our official segment of Anthony Watch. Anthony Watch. So. We, you know, when uh, Daniel's wife turns him down, she was like, do you remember the last time we practiced karate? And then she... The whole world shudders. Yeah. And then she, like, gives him a lascivious look, and then they both look at Anthony. He what is the, the fuck happened on that mat? Right? He's the product of a deeply regretted encounter between, Anthony, uh, between Daniel oh and his wife. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and, like, when, when Daniel approaches him and asks him to play karate, I mean... To be fair to Daniel and his wife and everyone, <laughs> and Anthony is the worst. Like what? Okay, I'm going to defend him. He is him. the no, worst. No, no. He's like. But think about, this, think about video We're all games. trying to get what I think the show creators are trying to do is here. Look at this person who is ostensibly kind of like, like Johnny, rough around the edges, kind of a loser. And they're saying, zoom out a little bit. Look at the society that brought them up. Look at the influences in their life, and then try to find a way to resuscitate the character. Everything we know about Anthony LaRusso is he is an afterthought, period, for not just Daniel, but for his poor mom doesn't seem to like him very much no. either. He decides, hey, you know what, I'm not getting any attention from my parents, and unlike Robbie, who we'll get to, who decides bizarre plots of getting a job at a car dealership, Anthony's like, I'm going to just tune out and become a gamer. That's safe. Maybe he has tons of friends online. Maybe. I mean, and- you know what? You've done it for me. Like, he's really neglected. Yeah. And, and he's really tell. unloved. I think he probably knows that. And just note that also, Daniel asks Sam, hey, do you want to, you know, practice karate with me? And she turns him down very nicely. And he's like, you know what? That's cool. Anthony basically says the same thing. And he's like, oh, God, Anthony. Like, you're the worst. And he, like, tries to, like, half drag him to this dojo. And then he, like, gives up. But, yeah, you know, he... <laughs> Oh my god, it's tough to see. I mean, week after week, it just gets it gets terrible. Well, actually, I mean, in defense of everyone who hates Anthony, which is like his entire family, like he's he's a spoiled brat. Like he basically like when his dad takes away his game, he immediately orders another one using Alexa, which is I mean, but this is part of a a larger trend I see with the things that sons who are not getting attention from their fathers do. To receive attention. Look at your segue. Yeah. That is exactly. good. We're talking about Robbie. FYI, people. Who is... I, I didn't want to say we could top the insane plot line of Daniel LaRusso trying to wipe up the livelihoods of the Reseda County. But Robbie somehow, does it. Robbie somehow manages to... to um, so if you'll remember from the last episode... Robbie Rob- has decided to go to work for LaRusso Auto Group. Which, which is a totally normal thing for a 16-year-old kind of rough around the edges teen from the wrong side of the track to do. He's a, he's also like a very accomplished liar who knows how to turn on the charms. He so knows how to like, make a fake CV at any He knows how to make a fake CV. He knows how to like, you know, you see this in, in early episodes. Like he, he knows how, how to con his way into things. Again, I mentioned this in the last episode. I'm just going to say it again. Like he doesn't know 
that Daniel is desperate to, pro- to for a karate pupil and that he may end up being that karate pupil. <laughs> so, like, you yeah, see he him... He doesn't at, know he's part of Daniel's machinations already. Right. He doesn't know what the future holds. And so, like, when you see him there, you, first of all, you're treated to the least stirring montage of all time as he refills oh my the coffee God. pods. There is an honest-to-God montage of Put him. stickers on cars, takes inventory. Who is asking for that car dealership montage? Right. Anybody? And he tells his hoodlum friends, like, who are like, why are you wearing khakis oh, now? Oh, 40-something-year-old friends right. who are teasing him about getting a job. And having khakis. I mean, the khakis. Yeah. But, like, you know, they're t- he's like, well, I'm doing this because, like, this guy's my dad's enemy. Like, when he finds out I'm working for him, it's going to drive him insane. And I'm honestly like, really, when he finds out that you're refilling the coffee pods, it's going to drive him in- Why? And he's so committed to this bit. I mean, he's going, he's like a method actor. He's going deep. Right. This is, it's so strange. I mean, it works out because, of course, um... You know, Robbie's plot line basically is he's he's pranked a couple of times by the other staffers at LaRusso Auto Group. All this leads him the to... The two a, other employees. I, I guess it's more like a family affair. It does seem like a family affair. Yeah. He's pranked by Daniel's cousin, whose name is something. Something. We um, do know that this cousin is on a South Asian dating No, no, app. that's the oh, other... The other one. The other guy. Yeah. Uh, who's on a South a Asian... There are, a lot, there are a lot of South Asian... As South Asians, we were, we were very pleased to hear the shout-out. Yeah, out. they give us... Yeah, um, so that, that's something. And anyway, so he gets pranked by the co- by the cousin, and like he almost quits, but then Daniel's actually pretty nice to him about it. Teaches him how to make a fist, and you know you can tell. You know, we, we rag on Daniel a lot for being a sociopath, but you can tell he's a nice boss. Although you can also tell he's clearly so desperate for a Padawan. Not right just now. that, but he really frequently evokes his kind of humble origins. He's like, you know what? I may look rich and I may have this fancy dealership, but I'm from Reseda and I, I grew up in Jersey. He's basically a Springsteen song at this point. Uh, oh my God. And it's like, well, you've been, you're a ways out from that life. I mean, right. look at what you just did in the last episode. He does. He does invoke that a lot as a kind of, like, armor against, like, being a rich douchebag. But, yeah. Can I just also say, Robbie's ultimate goal, he's really interested in getting a LaRusso Auto shirt. With his name on it. With his name on it. And I just thought, that seemed like a cry for help for me. That seemed like a very obvious, like, I want to be seen. Right. Like, wait till his dad sees him. Do you think anyone knows Robbie's name? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to tell. He, um, by the end of the episode, like, just finishing off Robbie's plotline, like, he's been pranked again into bringing, like, a report, a sales report to Daniel's house at the end of the day, um, which turns out just to be a dirty magazine. And I'm honestly kind of like, that's not that great a prank. Like, who cares? Like, you went to your boss's house and you weren't in I don't know accident. how these employees are still... There. How do they get I shit mean, done? But anyways, he gets there, he sees Daniel practicing karate, um, he asks a couple questions, Daniel's clearly, like, out of his mind with joy that somebody actually wants to I know, play but let's be honest here, he would have asked anyone to do karate. I think That's that true. if, at this point, I think Daniel's crazed enough to just, like, start taking drifters off the street and begging them to do karate. <laughs> and he's not even Free doing karate, he's please. just doing kata, which... So I, I think it strains a little believability that Robbie saw him doing kata and was like so blown away that he was like, I have to learn this. But yeah. maybe Robbie's got nothing else going on. He's like, you know what? Do you want 
<laughs> you want to spend your evening doing karate with me? You just spend all day, like, stocking straws or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I mean, Robbie's got no real friends. Daniel's got no real friends. Neither of them have a lot going on right now. Why not? They're you know? both totally obsessed with Johnny. They're both probably, like, if they... I mean, at this point, Daniel doesn't know that Robbie is Johnny's son or that this is all some idiotic plot at, at paternal revenge. But... If they both were upfront about that, then I imagine they could plot together. They could talk about it in therapy right? together. But instead, they're just going to do some karate. <laughs> now, getting, let's see, getting back to a little bit of Miguel and Sam. Um, oh, yes. The, do you feel God. that they have chemistry? I feel a little weird talking about chemistry with teens. It's just. I actually. I, they, I like them, actually. I, I think do. they're very cute. Um. Do I think Sam as a personality? It's doubtful at this point. She's just a nice and pretty girl. Can I tell you something that really bothered me? Um, she she thanks Miguel. This is when they're dissecting that fetal pig and kind of doing some like fetal pig fetal pig flirting, flirting yeah. like as one does. She thanks him for taking care of like Kyler and his goons, you know. And he says, "Well, someone had to take care of those assholes." And she says, "But no one did." And it's like, you didn't fucking... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That actually reminds me a little alert. bit. Because it's like... So what's commendable about Miguel is that he wasn't a bystander to somebody else, like, being, like, picked on, right? But, like, Samantha did that constantly when her friends were picking on her yeah. oldest friend. Yeah. And that's like... Yeah, man, like, I'm sorry you're getting bullied now. This seems really sucky for you, but, like... She shows, she shows just startlingly little self-awareness where I wonder if she's like, hmm, I wonder why Isha doesn't want to sit with me. Right. Like She never that, wonders. She oh. never wonders that. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's like, it's weird because it's like... I think that that is objectively horrible, that kind of bystander She's thing. frustratingly passive. But I'm like, you know, when Daniel does something shitty, this is like a comment about, like, the show as a whole. I like that the show is aware that he's being shitty. Yeah. And he gets called out for it. But, like, Samantha... Uh, uh, yeah, they she never really does. delve into the female characters as much. Like, they I mean, make them a little one-dimensional. Like, right. Like, she's getting bullied. Aisha joins Cobra Kai and basically period full stop. Um, I don't know that we see too much more. Well, we see her, like, growing more confident. She's very different, like, after her and Cobra yeah. Kai than before. But I, I see what you're saying. And, like, I like Daniel's wife a lot. I think she's cool. Um, but I wouldn't say she gets a plot line of her own. But that's okay. I mean, I don't just... know. And now it's starting to bother me that she, her entire raison d'etre is to be, like, the voice of reason, which is something that is, like, lazy lazy screenwriting, you know? And it's often what women are slotted into. I know, it's like, but I guess it's like... Aren't you doing this crazy thing? Ha ha, I still love you. I know, I know. And that actually gets worse in the second season, I think, too. But, like, I do like that she's funny about it. I like... I, yeah, I love know. when Daniel's getting roasted. Yeah. Um, I just wish there was a little bit more edge to it. I want there to be stakes. Like, she's always... My secret theory is uh, Amanda always has, like, divorce papers, like, signed and ready to go in, like, a in a vault somewhere, and, like, maybe in a future season, like, Daniel will find them or something. Ah. I have a lot of and, side plots. And I imagine if she, she was confronted about it, she'd be like, come on. Come on, you look at yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I like it because, like, although you're, she's not a very, like, complex character at this point, like, she's cool, and she's, like, funny. Yeah. And sometimes... Sadly enough, it's like just finding a wife character who's cool and funny is like sort That's of also, rare. Yeah, um, so. but yeah, Samantha is not 
I don't know. She's kind of like a you're right, a generic pretty nice girl. I like her with Miguel because like they she moved on from that Kyler break. Yeah, and like Miguel that. is like just seeing Miguel happy makes me happy, and he's clearly happy talking to her. So. Yeah. Hey. Oh God, this show makes me want to be a mother. It's weird. Um, but I've said that so many times, too many times. One could say, right? It, it's creepy. Um, I, I want. Lotha will have a son by the end of this podcast. That, that Who sounds... will that son be? If the actor named Miguel wants to be adopted, that's that's okay. <laughs> you know uh, what? Your luck, you're probably going to Robbie. Oh, God. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck motherhood. Have we, have we run out of... Um, have we finished Robbie's plot line? I think that's about it. Like, he's... Uh, you can tell he's, he's going to get into karate and pursue revenge against his Or father. he's karate curious. He's this. karate curious. Very, yeah. very, very well put. Um, and our, our last thing that happens in this episode... Well, we mentioned Eli coming in. Um, with his hair in the mohawk. And I want to say, just like, I think that's very important. It's a very important moment for him and also for us because the beautiful theme song that you hear at the beginning of our podcast and at the end is actually called Hawk's Theme. It is Hawk's Theme. Eli, now Hawk, that is his theme. And so in a way... Wait, isn't it Quiver? It's... From the episode Quiver, but it's called uh, Hawk's Theme. Okay. So, and you know what's great? Because I pay attention to this stuff now because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> when Eli is just Eli and he has, like, his hair lip and, like, uh, Johnny's calling him Lip, you hear that song play very softly. Yeah, and I'm, also there's a track called Lip. Uh, as someone who oh. listens to the soundtrack way too much. Right, it's, it's that. It's, like, kind of a soft, like, yeah. a softer, more timid version of what is Hawk's theme. Yeah, and Hawk's theme is badass. Which starts playing at the end. And please enjoy it as it plays this episode out. All right. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy. 